This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Before we start the show, I have a gift for you, my top five productivity tips for solopreneurs. To get them, go to top5productivitytips.com. That's the number five, top5productivitytips.com. And it's possible that I over-delivered, and you'll have to find out for yourself. Just go to top5productivitytips.com. Devin Burke is an international and 10X speaker, the best-selling author of The Sleep Advantage, the founder of Sleep Science Academy, and one of the top health and sleep coaches in the world. His books, keynotes, programs, and videos have inspired thousands of people to improve their sleep, energy, and life. And though I hope no one falls asleep during this show, Delvin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'll try my best. I mean, I do put people to sleep, you know, for a living. So, but we'll we'll, we'll set that intention to to keep people awake on this conversation. There is a podcast out there. It's called it's a it's a really popular podcast. It's called Sleep with Me. And just for the heck of it, one day I I listened to it and I was having trouble going to sleep. And the guy just like reads user manuals and the most boring stuff in the world. To, the whole point is to get you to go to sleep. So he doesn't talk about anything of any importance. And I listened to one episode. He's like, okay, the next thing is step two, you open the VCR, whatever it was. And it's like, oh my gosh, no wonder people fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, that is a, it, it, yeah. Hey, if that is a strategy for sure is, you know, put people to sleep by reading manuals. That's not one we use at Sleep Science Academy, but it, it can be effective. Now, if you are a younger listener of the show, you may go manual back in the day when you bought something, you used to get these manuals that came with the product. Nowadays, what, what's a manual? Usually it comes on, uh, you go to a, a link or something like that. So if you're younger, we used to remember those big, thick manuals you get with stuff and nobody ever read them. Uh, my wife and I bought something recently and it was, it was a booklet, a manual, and it had seven languages in it. Wow. It's like, yeah. okay, well, that's that. I guess that's cost effective um, to just set up printing out one for every region. You just put all languages in one, one, uh, one book. Anyway, so the first question I have for you, Devin Burke, uh, sleep expert, is um, I have read and I've learned. And when I said I've learned, I've had multiple people on my show, some sleep experts, some people just on nutrition and on fitness. And I've always been told that science has told us we need seven to nine hours of sleep consistently. The body loves consistency. Go to bed at the same hour every night, seven days a week. Get up the same time every morning, seven days a week. And yet I hear some people out there saying, no, you just need four hours of sleep. And I would like to know what say you. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely in the category of you need more than four hours of sleep. Although there, there is a unique type of person that has a, a genetic disposition where they can get away with four hours of sleep and it doesn't impact their health. Those people are few and far between very, you know, that's like a, it's kind of like, um, a gift that people are born with because a lot of people wish they had that genetic disposition so they could be more productive and get more done. Um, but most people truly do need between seven and even nine hours of sleep, depending on your lifestyle, how much stress you have, you know, what you do for a living. There's a lot of factors, your genetics that dictate that. Uh, so it's, it, it is a hard question to sometimes answer, like how much sleep should I be getting? Cause it really, the answer is it depends. But 
consistency is really important. So what I find is people will get really good Sunday through Thursday. And then Friday and Saturday to stay up until one, two, three o'clock in the morning, sleep until noon. And then comes Monday morning, they feel like they're a zombie. That's because they've got their body off of consistency, correct? Yeah, we call that in sleep science sleep debt. There's also there's there's a term called social, uh, you know, so, social like jet lag, mm-hmm. right? It's social jet lag essentially because you're going out, you're having a couple glasses of wine, you're you're off your schedule. And, you know, again, this is up for debate, depending on who you ask, like, can you, can you repay sleep debt? A lot of people say you can't, you you know, you can't go back in time. Right. So, um, but you know, the body is amazing. It, it will find its balance if you give it the opportunity to find its balance. But like you said, it loves rhythm. It loves consistency. Uh, and the more you can stay on a consistent routine, the better your sleep quality will actually be. One of the things I do when I go to bed, and this is really what we're going to talk about on the show today is sleeping, is I have my Apple Watch 10 o'clock until 7 a.m. And so what I do is I I try about an hour to 90 minutes before I go to bed, no more electronics, no TVs, no phones, no nothing. Now, I'm not perfect. Every once in a while, I sneak a peek at my iPhone, so I'm going to tell you I'm, I'm just as uh, valuable like everybody else. But I try to read a print book. I find when I read a print book, not a Kindle, a print book, that's my body's cue that, uh-oh, it's time to go to bed. And and so I find that very effective to wind down. But I also think something else people need to consider that no one, I don't see any people talk about is these arguments, this stress, this anxiety, whether you have kids or in-laws or you're watching the news, stop watching the news, okay? Uh, when you get that stress before bed, your body is not going to be ready for sleep, correct? Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst time to have difficult conversations. Unfortunately for a lot of people, that's the first time in their entire day that they, they, they slow down Mm. and get it. You know, most people go from meeting to meeting or run around the kids. And, you know, the first time that things kind of settle down is right before bed, oftentimes when their head hits the pillow, but that's the worst time to start to think about all the things you need to do or could have done or have that com- difficult conversation with your spouse about the kids or, or about your relationship or whatever it is. Um, there's a, you know, there's a really easy technique that I love to share with people. It's called three, two, one sleep. Mm-hmm. So it's three hours before bed. You, you stop eating two hours before bed. You stop working. And then one hour before bed, like, like you just mentioned, you start your, your sleep routine, which reading a book I think is, is extremely helpful for a lot of people. Um, your sleep routine obviously is something that hopefully doesn't involve technology and it's difficult. You know, the, uh, the founder of Netflix said that his competition is sleep. (laughs) So, I mean, it's really these devices, the social media, it's, it's, it's tough. You really do have to like have discipline around this, but it makes a difference because at night that's, we don't want hyper arousal. And that's when these, these, this technology that's, Technology is one of the biggest reasons why most people are not sleeping well. Technology and stress, really. Yeah. What's interesting, you talk about three hours before you go to sleep, no eating. I struggle sleeping on an empty stomach. So what I try to do is I try to have something that's going to satisfy my belly when I then I can go to sleep. I've tried to like do the fasting thing 
intermittent fasting where you eat for like six hours during the day. If I'm hungry, I can't go to sleep. I've tried it. I tried it. I've tried everything. I've read all the books, Matthew Parker and Ariana Huffington. Haven't read yours yet, though. And, you know, I, okay, I get out of bed. They say, don't toss and turn. The worst thing you do, toss and turn. Uh, get out, read a book. Maybe go take a warm shower. Uh, don't have the lights on in your, or maybe you have a low wattage light bulb next to you or uh, bed or something like that. But when I'm hungry, I can't sleep. My stomach's going, I, I'm not sleeping. And so what I try to do is I try to, I try to have stuff that is, intelligent eating let me say so i don't have like a cupcake or a bowl of ice cream i like this thing called muscle milk it's high protein so if i find if i had that maybe an hour before bedtime it it keeps my stomach busy but it's not so busy that it's going to take away my ability to sleep so it's something i'm experimenting with have you run into people in your in your academy that struggle with sleeping and and when they can't eat within three hours before bed yeah it's very common and i'll be honest Last night I had some banana bread before bed. <laughs> and I, you know, so it's, I, I by no means am, you know, perfect every night. There's no such thing as perfection, only progress. But yeah, that is it. I, what I find is that when you train, you can train your body. So there might be a transitionary period where for a couple of weeks, your body is growling and you're hungry and it's hard for you to go to bed, but eventually your body starts kind of starts to get it. And if you, if you really commit to it for long enough and kind of can get over that hump, it's kind of like, you know, starting an exercise program at first, it hurts. You're not motivated. It's like, Oh, this sucks. And then you get to a point where you're like, man, you actually crave it. You're excited about it. You can't wait for it. Um, it's kind of like that. Mm. So the, I mean, and the reason why we don't want to eat close to bedtime is just because the first quarter of the night is when we get our most deepest sleep, our Delta sleep. And that's really when our, our bodies repair and recover. And that's when like we're, our bodies are cleaning out the cancerous cells and we don't want our energy being diverted to our stomachs to digest food. It's just not ideal. Um, but having something, you know, that has fiber in it, believe it or not, would help you feel full. And, you know, the muscle milk, I'm not sure about that, but that probably has some fiber in it, I'd imagine. Um, but yeah, that's at the end of the day, you know, it's all about experimentation. That's, and, and I, I'm a big believer that you can't manage what you don't measure. So, you know, we use in our academy, the aura ring, it's, it's like wearing a sleep lag on your finger and you can kind of see, okay, well, I, I, last night, for instance, I had that banana bread. I checked my aura ring, 20 minutes of deep sleep. Which isn't, which isn't good. You, you want at least, you know, over, over an hour, you want 20% of your total sleep time to be in deep sleep. So yeah, again, so it's like, you know, life happens, the ho- you know, holidays, people are traveling. It's life is dynamic. It's so it's, there's no really rules, but if you can sort of learn the guidelines to better sleep over time, it makes a difference. Yeah, I for me also, when I go to a new location, even if it's a location I'm familiar with, I have trouble sleeping. So I have elderly parents. I live in Houston. My parents live south of Orlando, Florida. And when I went there, I have to go there a couple times a year. My mom's in long-term care. My dad's 80. And if he has to have a medical procedure, I had to go, go over there and you know take care of the dog and whatnot. And when I go there first couple of nights, I can't sleep. I, because I'm off by an hour because 10 o'clock in Houston's 11 o'clock over in Florida. And, and by the time I finally get my sleep rhythm, it's time to come home. 
And, and so I think people struggle with that as well, especially, and then that's only one hour. I can't imagine people go from New York to LA or even further. If you go from Houston to, you know, to uh, Australia or Japan, I mean, it's going to take your body a while. Your body's like, whoa, wait a minute. What's what you look at the watch. Like it's really confused. So that's got to play a part in as well. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, there, and there are strategies you can, you can use to help mitigate that, but they say that for every hour you cross, it takes a day for your body to sort of find the balance. So, so imagine if you are going, you know, across the world, it's going to take a couple of days to, to really, uh, your body. And there, there, like I said, there are strategies using melatonin strategically is, is a great strategy. Um, I'm not a big fan of using melatonin, not strategically for jet lag. Like some people just rely on melatonin to sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of that because it's a hormone. It's actually regulated in the EU. Um, but yeah, so, so jet lag for sure is, is a real thing. And then also too, when you sleep in a new environment, a lot of people don't realize it's actually a program, survival program. When you're in a new environment, you're a little bit more on edge because it's different. It's new. Even if it's a place that you've been before, it's different than what your body's used to sleeping in your own bed, in your own room with your own sheets and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, so your, your, your stress level is a little bit higher and stress and sleep are not friends. So, you know, so it's, it, it is, it does, you know, there are, like I said, there are certain strategies that you could use to mitigate some of the stress. You could, you know, use some supplementation, um, but just really knowing that, okay, when you travel, it is probably going to throw something off and just being okay with that. And, you know, rolling with it usually is, is the best strategy. One of the things I recently discovered about three or four weeks ago, I was set my watch, Apple watch to wake me up at 6 a.m., but I realized, you know, I wake up around six o'clock anyways. So I did an experiment. I'm always in bed by 10 o'clock. And then I turned off the alarm to wake me up. because I really was interested to find out what would happen. And more often than not, I would wake up between 550 and 610. It's amazing how the body just adapted on those nights. If I on those days where I had a lot of stress or a lot of work to do, my body would like compensate by sleeping in another 20 minutes, but I wouldn't sleep until eight, nine o'clock. It's like only 15 or 20 minutes. And it's just amazing how the body goes, okay, we just need 15 more minutes. And it woke me up naturally and I felt great. So I encourage people, if you can set yourself up a consistent sleep schedule, trust your body because your body is going to take care of you. Your body's going to sleep more when you're not feeling well, because that's how the body uh, takes care of itself. But I just, was amazed that when I turned off the alarm, I was waking up naturally at the time I wanted to wake up anyways, because the body, we goes back to, we talked about a few minutes ago about consistency. The Productive Life, a membership for solopreneurs, will help you gain confidence and clarity, show you how to deal with overwhelm, and teach you how to get and stay focused. To find out more and to sign up, visit theproductivelifemembership.com. Yeah, it loves it. The body lo- the body is, co- is incredible. It has an innate wisdom, and listening to the body is is a great strategy. Like it really, it, it, it's, it's so amazing that you could put all the junk, the sugar, the fat, the fast food, and your body turns that into fuel. You know, you do that for, for too long and then it turns into a disease, but, but it's, it's so amazing. The body's incredible. And it, what's interesting is even though it seems like you're asleep, your body's wide awake when you're sleeping. 
there's so much that happens during the night and it's, it's, it's like a symphony is going on in your brain and, and, and you're, you know, it's, it's incredible. I, I was so ignorant to the value and the importance of sleep before I started to really look into the science of sleep. And like, I, I just thought it was a waste of time. I didn't realize that like, there's just, it's so much is happening. It's n- absolutely the opposite of a waste of time. It's, you know, biologically it's imperative. Like we don't, if we don't sleep, we're not going to live very long. That's, and there's a lot of statistics yep. to support that. Yep. I read someplace and you probably could talk a little bit more about this, that when you're sleeping, your brain actually constricts to actually flush out like between your skull and your brain. And I read that. I'm like, what? I mean, mm-hmm. but it's got to get, it's somehow it's got to purge that. So the brain actually gets smaller during the night to flush that out. And I, I remember reading it. I, I was just blown away by that. Yeah. That's, that's called your glymphatic system. So it's like the lymph system in the brain is, is the glymph system. And so it does shrink. And then, you know, these, this, you know, cerebral spinal fluid flushes out the beta amyloid, the, the, you know, the plaque that builds up that creates Alzheimer's. I mean, that is pretty extraordinary, <laughs> right? So it, it, it's, it's fascinating, which is why it's so important to, to really protect and prioritize it and, and also to continue to improve the quality of your sleep because there are things that we do throughout our day that affect that, that ability for the, our brains to sort of shrink and have that fluid wash out all the toxins and all the bad things. Let's talk about napping because I've read that napping is good. If you do it in a certain window, don't take a nap at eight o'clock at night. Uh, that's not going to give you a good night's sleep. So what is the optimal length of time we should nap? And when should we nap? I've heard maybe around lunchtime or no later than two o'clock. What do you say? So if you have insomnia, napping is not something you want to do. Because the reason why is it decreases what's called sleep pressure. And there's a neurochemical that builds up in our bodies and brains called adenosine. And that builds up and it makes us sleepy. And when we nap, it actually reduces adenosine or reduces sleep pressure. Now, if you don't have insomnia, napping is amazing. And the best time to do it is when your body temperature naturally dips, which happens in the afternoon. That's why places around the world take what's called a siesta is because it's our, our body temperature naturally has a dip and it signals sort of this sleepiness. Uh, and that's uh, the perfect time to take a 20 minute nap. You don't want to take longer than a 20 minute nap because you don't want to get into those deeper stages of sleep. Mm -hmm. Cause then you wake up out of that deeper stage of sleep and you're, you're groggy, you're foggy. It's not fun. You have like kind of like a sleep hangover, but if you get that 20 minutes in, when the body starts, the body temperature starts to drop. I mean, it's, it can be a game changer for productivity for the rest of the day. How do we know? How does the listener know when is when their temperature is dropping and they could take a 20 minute nap? Yeah. For, for most people, it, it naturally happens. I mean, you could measure your temperature. So there are, you know, wearable devices. Now they're getting more and more accurate that are measuring body temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, but naturally it's around the afternoon. So like you'll, you'll, when you start to feel sleepy, it's usually around between 12 and two PM. So it's in the afternoon and every body is different. So if you start to just kind of feel that afternoon sort of dip, that's usually a sign of, okay, my body temperature is starting to drop and our body temperature needs to drop between two to three degrees Fahrenheit to actually induce sleep. Mm 
That's why taking a hot shower at night is really effective for putting the body to sleep. Because you take a hot shower, you get out, and then your body is is it actually ends up it ends up cooling the body down. Doesn't seem to make sense. It's like I'm taking a hot shower. How's that cooling my body down? But your body again wants to find that balance. And so it's, you're heating up the body, you get out of the shower and now your body's going to start to, it's going to assist itself to that temperature to drop. And then you start to get sleepy and then boom, sleep happens. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I went to see my parents, uh, about three weeks ago and I couldn't sleep. So I took Benadryl and Benadryl knocked me out. But then when I looked at my sleep app, oh, wow. <laughs> There's like hardly any deep sleep. It did knock me out, but it didn't get me to the deep sleep. And as a result, I woke up groggy. Now, when I came back home, what was interesting. I was averaging about six hours a night when I was at mom and dad's house. I came home and interesting. The first night I came home, I only got about six and a half hours sleep. The next night I got nearly nine. It's like my body wow. goes, oh, we're really home. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, we don't catch up on sleep. I don't, I agree with you. You can't catch up on sleep, but my body just goes, okay, look at, we need to get some extra sleep. And I just, I, I woke up refreshed. I think my body realized, okay, he's really going to be home for a while. Okay. Let's get, uh, let's get him all set up. And it was amazing, but don't take Benadryl. Don't take melatonin unless, like you said, strategically, uh, people just pop them and then it gets their system off. And it, 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 you don't want to mess around with your sleep because I'm sure you've heard people say, I'll sleep when I'm dead. If you don't get the quality sleep, you may get your wish a lot sooner than you think. Well said. That's true. And and yeah, it, it is a problem. There's a difference between sedation and sleep. So a lot of people are taking you know, antihistamines like Benadryl or benzos. And it's, you know, it's, it's sedating them, but it's not real sleep. So yes, it's a bandaid. And yes, there's a time and a place for medication. And thank God we have these medications. But when you're relying on them night after night, eventually they stop working and the side effects are strong and they're getting in the way of your body's natural ability to, to sleep. So you're never really going to feel rested. And so that's, that's a, a slippery slope for a lot of people. They, they fall into this, you know, uh, relying on something to sleep and then they can't sleep without it. And it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. It really is. Like I speak to people all over the country every day that have really bad sleep challenges. And some people I speak to, they've been on Ambien, Xanax, you know, Benzos for, for, for decades. Mm -hmm. These drugs are supposed to be used for like a month. And, and they have, if you look at the inserts of, of some of these drugs that people are using, I mean, they, it's, these are not drugs you want to mess around with and be taken for a long time. They're not. Wow. And we all know what happened with the pop singer, Michael Jackson. He had so much trouble sleeping. He was given this like narcotics and you know, this, uh, you said it was uh, sedation that they use in surgery. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, and of course your body gets used to it and you got to up the dose and up the dose and up the dose and it eventually killed them. That it, it was so sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it is. And so if, if, if you're listening to this and you're relying on something to sleep, then, you know, at some point you're going to want to make a decision to really address the underlying root cause versus continuing to just put a bandaid and kick the can down the road. Because it, it really is, those are just Band-Aids. And there's a time and a place for Band-Aids. And using them and relying on them 
eventually will come back and, and bite you in the butt. You know, I don't understand how professional athletes, uh, musicians who do concerts until 11, 12 o'clock at night, I don't know how they get to sleep because they got to be so wired, especially an uh, an athlete. They got to be so wired. Typically, how long after a game does an athlete fall asleep? I mean, especially if you won the Super Bowl, you probably don't sleep at all that night. I don't know. That's got to be. Have you done any research on that? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm not a specialist in working with athletes with sleep, but there are people that I know in the sleep field that specialize literally working with NHL hockey players, um, and NBA players, and professional other professional athletes to help them with this exact challenge. And not only that, the excitement of these late night games, but the travel that comes along with being a professional athlete, the stress, the physical stress as well as the mental stress of you know having to perform night in night out. Um, so there, there definitely is a lot of, they need a lot of support in this area. But interestingly enough, now the science is so clear that a lot of these teams are hiring sleep experts, sleep coaches specifically for their athletes and have sleep programs built into, like they're literally changing their schedules around, their hotels around. Everything is, is being sort of catered to helping mitigate some of the 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 terrible effects of their lifestyle on their sleep because they're, they're realizing how much of an impact it has on their performance. Mm. So a lot of these teams are using the, the device that I mentioned earlier, the aura ring to, to really help quantify and, and really see how ready their players are for, for action, how hard they should train based off of, you know, where they are in the world, what was going, what, the, what time zones they traveled from I mean, that's all being being factored in now, which is great. Um, and it's, it, I think it's it's really smart. Because most people like you and me, they say, if you're going to exercise, exercise earlier in the day. Don't go out for a marathon run at like 6 o'clock at night. These athletes are doing the exact opposite. They're doing the right. exact opposite. And, and so you're right. That is a completely uh, different topic for a completely different episode because I don't think any athletes are really professional athletes listen to my show. If you are, hey, drop me an email. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, I remember uh, several years ago when I was still living with my parents way back in Rochester, New York. I think I was like in high school or something like that. It was winter time, And of course, winter, you have less light. And I remember I took a 30-minute nap. I came from school and I took a 30-minute nap. It was light when I went to bed and it was dark when I woke up. Man, it freaked me out. I'm like, Wait a minute, because you, it's so disoriented. It was only 30 minutes, but because the sun had gone down in that 30 minutes, it, it was it was so disorienting. Yeah, Mark, that's that's so what's interesting, um, that lighting and temperature are really the big factors when it comes to, you know, sleep scheduling and, and quality of sleep. I actually grew up in outside of Philadelphia, so I know about this sort of the sun going down. I, w- I would get up in high school, go to morning practice for basketball you know, have practice after. So I get up when it's dark and I come home when it's dark and never be outside and see the sunlight. And I got, I I actually, I got seasonal defective disorder. I didn't know what it was, but I, every, every winter I would just feel low energy. I'd feel tired. I feel lethargic. Um, and to the point where I was like, man, am I depressed? Like what's going on here? And I looked into it and it was actually, you know, there's, there's this thing called seasonal defective disorder. And it's, if you're not getting enough sunlight, it affects your, your mental, you know, your, your, your mental health essentially. So, you know, one of the reasons why I actually moved to Florida 
is because Florida has more sun. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, you know, for people that are listening to this that are in New York or the Northeast or Seattle or wherever you're listening to this that might be, you know, having that same experience, you can get lights like these sunlights. So for instance, for you and that, what you just shared, the nap and you woke up and you're all disoriented, you know, you could use, they have these sunlights that kind of mimic sort of the wavelength of the sun that's kind of can help with the mood, help with kind of keep you in sync. And they are, they are fairly effective, but nothing beats, you know, nature, nothing beats actually getting real sun on your skin, which is a really great thing to do to keep a healthy sleep rhythm, by the way, see the sun rise and see the sun set. It helps with the, uh, stabilization of hormones in the body. You know, you brought up a point that my wife does something, you know, it's not a sunny day here in Houston today, but she read someplace that if you go out and look at the sun, like look at the sun for like a microsecond, it's supposed to help you sleep. Is, is that true? Yeah. So, so yeah, looking at the sun and getting sun actually not even, you don't have to look directly at the sun, but you can kind of look, look off to the side, but just getting, we have these cells in our eyes called myopsin cells okay. and you know, they're picking up light. And again, this is signaling our circadian clocks to release certain hormones. One of them being like, um, melatonin, right? So when the sun starts to actually set, that's when the melatonin faucet gets turned on. Okay. So, so light actually can, it dictates certain mechanisms in the body and so, for instance, when the sun's rising, if you're if you're looking, you know, directly to the side, maybe you don't want to look into the sun, but um, you know that is signaling certain things in your body, certain hormones, and again, it's it's keeping the body synced with the rhythm of the earth. I mean, that sounds kind of hippie-ish, but that's literally what you know that we have twenty four hour cycles. There's a reason for that. Um, the more we can stay in sync with our natural cycles through getting outside, looking at the sunrise, as well as seeing the sunset, the healthier our circadian clocks and the stronger our circadian clocks are. And so they even now have the, these circadian lights that you can install in your house where when the sun starts to set, the lights start to dim, which oh. is pretty cool. Well, she does this really weird thing. She goes out and stands in front of the sun, close her eyes. She opens them just for a second. I'm like that, but you're saying there is some point that she's, she's not staring into it for like 30 seconds. It's just like a really quick open the eyes and shut the eyes. Um, but I just thought it was interesting asking you about that. Cause I'd never heard of that before. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there is a whole, whole thing called sun gazing where people actually like look into the sun and I don't know at a certain point when, when, when the sun is just coming up over the horizon and it's, it's supposed to, you know, well, there's a lot of claims around what it's, what it can do. A lot of them are like these metaphysical claims. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, that's, that's not a, that's a good thing to do to keep the, the circadian clock synced up for sure. By the way, getting back to naps, uh, listener, don't forget if you're going to take a 20 minute nap, a 20 minute nap, not a two hour nap, set an alarm. Don't trust your body. Set that alarm because uh, you may wake up three hours later and you're going to be in a world of hurt. So, um, Devin, we talked a lot today about sleep. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that's on your heart that you'd like to share with the listener? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, if, if you're having challenges with your sleep, really look at your the amount of stress you have in your life. A lot of people try to address sleep purely on the physical level. Like they'll, they'll, 
you know, they'll do all the things, take supplements and sleeping pills and, you know, maybe they'll get blackout shades and a, a new mattress and all those things are helpful to, at, you know, at some point, but oftentimes people just totally disregard the underlying mental, emotional stress that they take their days into their night and then they wonder why they can't sleep. So really looking uh, honestly in the mirror and saying like, you know, what are, what are some of the things that are creating stress that I'm bringing to bed with me is a really, uh, I think, practical way of identifying some of these root causes that could be disturbing your sleep. Yeah. And especially if you work at home, like I do around six o'clock at night, I actually shut down my Mac and I still spend some time on my, on my phone. I I'm kind of blessed maybe because my discipline of being a productivity guy, I'm not drawn to social media. I more use social media instead of social media using me. So I'll post things, but I don't look at social media too often. And to your point, I think you got to be disciplined. Okay. Do you really want to get better sleep? Do you want to become a healthier person? It's on you. Okay. You can't wait for somebody else to do it for you. You got to say, you know what? I'm going to have a distinction when I'm working, when I'm done working, I'm going to shut the computer down and I'm going to transition to family time. You, you got, you know, I don't know if any kids listen to my show. They do. They're getting a whole bunch of information today. But if you're an adult, you are responsible for your health, your mental, your physical health. And if you're having trouble sleeping, like Devin talked about, it's up to you to say, you know what? Devin said some things today I'm going to try to put into practice because I promise you, just listening to Devin talk is not going to change anything. You have to do something, dear listener. You have to say, okay. I'm done getting four hours of sleep and walking around like a zombie. I'm going to do something about it. And don't wait till the first of the year. Start tonight. Okay. Start tonight. Today's December 24th, 21st. I know Santa's coming pretty soon, but look at start today. Don't wait until the new year. So Devin, I really appreciate you being on the show. Where can people go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? So uh, sleepscienceacademy.com for those of uh, the listeners that are having issues with their sleep and then Devin Burke Wellness on all, this, all the social channels. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate you being here. I don't think we put anybody to sleep because it was a fascinating conversation and I really appreciate your time, sir. Uh, Mark, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate you. And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Struchowski podcast. I know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age, but you took the time to listen to the episode, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to head on over to top5productivitytips.com and get my gift to you, my top five productivity tips. Remember, it's the number five in top5productivitytips.com. They will serve you well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you again real soon.